Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. It is Friday. The truck race is next week. The Xfinity race is next week. The cup race is also next week. Cup cars will be at Sonoma, trucks will be at Gateway, and it's going to be two great races. Uh, Any fans of the podcast will know those are the two series I really focus on. Not to hate on the Xfinity series, because it's some great racing all the time. It really is. But trucks and cup cars are sort of my... My area of expertise, my caveat, you know, it's where I, I know the most, partially because Anthony runs in the truck, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, shoot, I should probably learn a whole lot more about it, because I know next to nothing, except for, like, Kaz Grala winning the, uh, I think it was, like, the Next Era 250 is what it was called, the Daytona race, he was, like, 18 years old, some crazy, ridiculous win uh, on a late race caution, that's about all I knew about the trucks, I learned some more. That's become one of my better areas. I've known a lot about the cup cars since I just do nothing but watch NASCAR on Sundays. Much to my parents' dismay, I'm sure. But, cup cars and trucks and Xfinity are all off until next weekend. It's Father's Day this weekend, in case you didn't know. So you should probably go out and get a card, at least. Or maybe, like, a Craftsman tool set or something like that. I uh, had the blessing slash curse of having a handyman as a father, which means I can't just get him tools because he already has, like, three of them, probably. So, (laughs) I'd be more creative. Granted, that means anything that needs to be fixed around here gets fixed. It's just that Father's Day is a lot more difficult to buy for because he's a very difficult person to buy presents for, and he knows this, and I'm sure when he's listening, he will say, yeah, that's true, I am. But I cannot say what I did for Father's Day on this week's podcast because it comes out Saturday and Father's Day is Sunday. But it's uh, coming out next Saturday, the next episode of Bottled Up, what I did for Father's Day. Why? Because it's my podcast and I can do that. Plus, it's a pretty great gift, and the people involved I have to give a huge thank you to. And I can't say who that is yet because I could give it away, but it's a pretty incredible gift, and thanks will surely go around um, next weekend when I can say who did it, who helped, and what all got done. But Father's Day is this Sunday. If you're listening to this on Saturday, what would that be, June 15th, the day this podcast comes out, go get a card, get a gift or something, because Father's Day is tomorrow. Don't forget. <laughs> Anyways, Sonoma is coming up, and with this new Aero package, I'm excited, yet a little nervous. Because passing is hard enough on ovals. Now take it to a track where passing is already like extremely difficult because there's very few passing zones. Also a completely new track layout that includes the carousel and elevation changes in new places and everything else. It's going to be an absolutely crazy race. It There's a new sharp hairpin like U-turn. You take it like 20 miles an hour. Uh, I don't know if they're going down into first gear. I, I would imagine they'd have to with how slow they're going. Otherwise, the gear ratios are going to be absolutely absurd. But, huge race coming up. This is a big, and I say this all the time, everyone everyone says, this is a big test for the Euro package, big test for the Euro package. No, this is a big test for the Euro package. Because if somebody leads flag to flag, like what happened in the peak anti-free series on iRacing, where Bobby Zelensky driving for Joe Gibbs leads flag to flag all 55 laps, and granted it's 110 laps in real life, but 
if somebody leads that much, it's going to be hard to chalk that up to a setup when we have we have to take a look at the passing numbers and the number of quality passes because that was a big issue at Michigan. Um, there was a huge issue where nobody could catch Logano in a car that is so reliant on the draft and being in clean air. At a track like that, when you're wide open almost the entire way around, you're rarely using the brakes at Michigan. For a track like that, the race ended up pretty boring, and there were more passes, and I guess you could consider them quality passes, which, again, if you don't know, quality passes are ones that are made for position, not just going past a lap car. But then again, when you look at that, that's because if one guy gets out of line, you know, he gets a little loose or a little tight and runs up the track like four guys go past him and is that really passing for position yes technically but is that because they raced harder than them and were faster than them no it's because the other guy made one tiny mistake that screwed up his race for another 20 laps it's going to take him at least another pit cycle in order to have a chance to get those positions back and it's tough nobody could really get around Logano does that and I'm not saying that in the old package, you know, there was passing for the lead all the time. No, there were guys that got like 10-second leads over the pack, which is crazy. But there were battles for position in other places as well. So let's say Joey Logano is 10 seconds ahead and Kevin Harvick is second Kyle Busch. Harvick and Kyle Busch would be going back and forth. Or think of Chicagoland last year. And I'm not talking like just about Michigan or two-and-a-half-mile tracks. Uh, really, any skill track oval. You take you think about Chicagoland, Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, you know, the ever-famous Dale Earnhardt Jr. Slot job! Slot job! That was from that race in last year's package. And you know why? Because you could dive the car into the bottom and you'd have to chase it up to the wall and pull off a slide job, but you could make a pass on somebody going into the turn. And granted, that was for the lead, but that battle for position could be happening anywhere on the track. It could be happening for first, second, 30th, 40th. You never know. But, hey, whatever. There's also a bit of a conspiracy theory going around about the Eric Jones incident at, towards the end of the race. And I will not say where I fall on this, but it's fun to talk about. So there was a late race caution that greatly uh, benefited, it greatly hurt, I would say, Joey Logano. Because he was on two tires. Kevin Harvick was on four, but he was a little further back. And Kyle Busch was on two tires as well, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure he was on two tires. But a lot of the front guys were on either two or no tires. And it was a huge help to Kyle Busch to be able to get back up there, and Truex Jr., to get back up there. Now they're right up with Logano, and they start restarted. Uh, I think Kyle Busch was second. And so, yeah, Kyle Busch was second because Logano took the outside because Truex Jr. was fourth. So... That prevented them from linking up and getting together. Also, the outside line was a little faster all day. But, so, Eric Jones, his two teammates are Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. He spins out and just sits there. There was no caution when he spun because he was down in the grass. And he just sat there. Caution comes out only after his wheels were pointing to the right. and But the nose was pointing a bit to the left. So instead of just turning the car to the right and driving out, he goes to the left against traffic, you know, facing towards traffic, still in the grass, and then the caution comes out for him. And so, a bit fishy, 
Maybe, maybe not. We've talked about the Palmenard incident with RCR to get Kevin Harvick back up close to Jeff Gordon. Kevin Harvick wins the race. Jeff Gordon gets the 13th position into the playoffs. Uh, we've talked about that in the past, and there's kind of some vibes from it some people are saying. And again, I'm not going to say where I fall on it because he did just lose the car and spin out and go to the bottom. But that was a uh, huge restart for Joey Logano, which led to another controversy conspiracy theory that NASCAR is rigging it for Joey Logano for whatever reason. Joey Logano, uh, according to Truex Jr., I believe Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch as well, all say Joey Logano jumped the restart. And he went early. That is certainly true. But personally, I think Truex Jr. might have spun the tires on that one. And because he just didn't get going. And they were in the restart box. So Logano went, had a great picture perfect start. Truex Jr., er, whoever it was on the inside. For some reason, I'm thinking it's Truex Jr. that was in second now. And maybe I was wrong earlier when I said Kyle Busch was. Either way, actually, it was Truex Jr. in second, and Kyle Busch was in fourth. I'm sorry about that. My apologies. But this podcast is recorded in one clean go because I don't know how to edit audio. So everything you hear is Bill O'Reilly will do it live, that sort of thing. But so Truex Jr. spun the tires a bit, was a bit slow on the start, and claims that Logano jumped the start. Logano went on to win the race, didn't get past at the end there like he was very much afraid of, uh, as everyone was pretty afraid of because well you're either afraid of it or you're a fan of it and he did not get past at the end there and won the race career win uh number 23 i think it was so good season so far for joey he's locked into the playoffs if he wasn't already he was already excuse me but just a bit of uh icing on the cake for joey logano there in the 22 won the race at michigan other than that it was a uh, pretty pretty uneventful race and speaking of uneventful races that's the polar opposite of the truck race but at the same time describes it perfectly there were so many cautions in that truck race it was unreal and our boy our boy anthony alfredo had a good shot at the win but unfortunately overshot his pit box a bit and did not uh get back on the lead lap, did not get the lucky dog, couldn't race his way up to it. So he's taken full responsibility for that. He's apologized profusely, um, but he was fast. He was very, very fast. But the only guy who was faster was Greg Biffle in the 51 car, 40-some-odd years old. The old guy comes out of retirement and wins it, wins a truck race for the first time since 2002, I think it was, something like that. So I would have been four years old the last time uh, Greg Biffle won a truck race. Dang, go figure. That is that is absolutely crazy that he came back in his first start in a couple years, won it. Not only his first truck series start, first start in NASCAR in like two or three years. Comes out and wins it at Texas, and... Was going to go run Iowa. Oh, shoot. Are the trucks at Iowa this weekend? Hold up, hold up, hold up. So I have just gone and used the Google machine, and I have to issue a formal apology. The trucks and Xfinity cars are not off this weekend, as I originally stated. They are both at Iowa. 
I don't know why I thought they were off this weekend. I don't know what I was thinking. I am sorry, because I was talking about Greg Biffle, and I was I was saying, like, oh, yeah, he's going to go and run at Iowa for the money, but they're saying he can't run for the money, and I was like, wait, but they're running at Gateway the next race, I said. But they have to be running Iowa, because that's what everyone's talking about. So, apologies on that. I will put a disclaimer in the description. Um, Jeff was wrong. Uh, the stats guy who gives me my numbers was wrong. I'm the stats guy. I give myself my own numbers and all that. But apologies for that. The trucks and Xfinity cars are at Iowa this weekend. Xfinity cars are on Sunday. Trucks are on Saturday. So the day this podcast releases is the truck race. And then after that is the Xfinity Series race. I have just a gut feeling that it's going to be Justin Allgaier and Noah Gregson. I have a good feeling about Junior Motorsports winning at Iowa. I think it, it might be Gregson. I really think Noah Gregson might come away with the win at Iowa on Sunday. For the truck race Saturday, that's, that's a little tougher. I'm feeling good about Enfinger. For whatever reason, that's what my gut is telling me, that he's going to go out and win at Iowa. It's just such a unique track. It's 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 one of a kind, really. It's very steeply banked, sort of like Bristol almost. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. Seven-eighths of a mile, so a bit longer. And it's it's a hard track to drive. That big hill coming off of two where you're driving sideways up a hill almost, really lets you carry some speed off. And as long as you can keep it off the wall, you're in good shape. But uh, I'm I'm sorry about that. Wow, I can't believe I, I messed that one up that badly. There is a truck in Xfinity Series race this weekend. And that's all there is to it. I guess to sort of wrap things up, if any of you are in the Stafford Motor Speedway area and are within driving distance of the races every Friday night, I'm recording this before. The uh, Open 80, the Open Mod 80 Lapper, t- sponsored by Twisted Tea, where all the drivers get a free 12-pack of Twisted Tea for starting the race, as well as the winner who gets 80 crates of Twisted Tea. This Twisted Tea fan tasting. Twisted Tea... Oh my gosh, how am I going to say this? Twisted Tea taste testing over on the Midway <laughs> for fans... <laughs> I can't believe I said say that t- five times fast. Twisted Tea taste testing over on the Midway for fans to enjoy, and it's going to be a great event, and I know that this podcast releases after that race is over, but my prediction to win probably the 7 New York, driven by Brian Narducci, I've got a good feeling that Tommy Baldwin racing machine is always strong, and that 7 New York is legendary in the Modifieds, and if you're from New England and you're a fan of racing, you know the 7 NY, so it's going to be a good race, but if you're not, if you aren't making it out for the race tonight, when I'm recording this, then come out next Friday, and the Friday after that, and the Friday after that, because it's some great racing every Friday night over at Stafford Motor Speedway. You cannot go wrong at that track. And I'm not sponsored. I'm an intern there. They don't pay me to say these things. They don't pay me to be there, and I'm more than happy to be there regardless. But it's it's seriously some great racing there. I've been going there my entire life. So if you're in the area and you're like, oh, I got nothing to do on this Friday night. All the parties are canceled or the parties are just a bunch of frat boys and that's boring. I want to watch NASCAR, but the truck race isn't on. I want to go to Stafford Motor Speedway. Well, it's like $18 for a general admission ticket. Just get a good seat. Just get there early. Gates open Usually 5.15, heat races start at 6.15, features usually start at 7. I say usually because it changes by the week. Check the website, check the Facebook, check the Twitter, check anywhere you would like. 
to find that information. I do the pre-race web hits uh, sometimes. I do the post-race web hits sometimes. And then I'm usually down on pit road for the SK lights, the SK modifieds, and I guess tonight the uh, the big race, the SK open. So I'm excited for it. 80 laps at Stafford tonight and over 200 laps of racing. You get it. That's a good deal. So ticket prices have gone up for this event because it's a special event. But typically ticket prices are like $18. Go there. Have yourself a great time. Good food. Good people. Great racing. That's what I like to say. But if you have any feedback on the Bottled Up Podcast, what you think. If you want your own custom made with your name above the door Bottled Up Paint Scheme to run in iRacing. On any car, really. We're running a promotion with the guys over at Midwest Motor Customs. Absolutely fantastic work. I've I've bought a couple of schemes off of them. They're it's great prices for the quality. You get the schemes within a couple of days. It's absolutely fantastic the work they do. So I run a bottled up scheme on my Cup car, Xfinity trucks, my modified the SK mod and the Tour, and even with the new update, the new Tour mod, the new Chevy trucks. They're remaking the paint scheme and adjusting it to the new Silverado for me for free. And they're doing that for everyone. You know, it, it's just really great work done by them. We're running a promotion with them. $5 if you want a bottled up scheme. Your name on the door. You can tweak the design of it as you like it. It's really good stuff. Midwest Motor Customs. Shoot me a DM on Twitter about anything. But if you want one of those paint schemes, just let me know and we can make it happen. Thank you guys so much for listening in. If you don't already, follow me on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. If you want more insight into stuff I want to talk about on the show, if you've got ideas for stuff on the show, for just general banter, me talking, <laughs> me jokingly talking trash with people and having a great time, it's over there on Twitter, at Bottled Up Radio. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, I don't see much interaction on Facebook because Facebook is not really built for, like, podcasts to interact with people. That's more Twitter's thing, I think, personally. But if you want to follow me on Facebook, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Or like my like my page on Facebook. If this gets 30 likes, then uh, we'll have a random person on the podcast. Realistically, sure, I'll do that, but I don't ever see like one post getting 30 likes or anything like that. But, anyways, thank you all for listening in to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. Y'all are great. And coming at you every single Saturday. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.